At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you the distinguished actor, Mr. Henry Daniel, as star in a play especially written for Suspense by a contemporary master of crime fiction, John Dixon Carr. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Before we bring you Henry Daniel and our suspense play, here's a brief message from famed hostess, Elsa Maxwell. When even so simple a main dish as a steaming fragrant dish of spaghetti or beans is surrounded by bright green salads, golden rolls or muffins, and brilliant Roma California Burgundy, the food is more appetizing, more enjoyable. And for a summery touch, a vase of flowers, perfect color complement to the deep, rich beauty of Roma Burgundy. You will enjoy the fruity, robust taste, the tart piquancy of distinguished Roma Burgundy, served cool. Truly a masterpiece of fine winemaking. Like all Roma wines... Roma Burgundy is unvaryingly good, always high in quality of bouquet, rich in color and taste. The happy reward of selected grapes, brought slowly to perfection, gently pressed, then carefully guided to flavor fullness by the ancient skill of Roma's noted wineries in California's choicest vineyards. Yet all this goodness is yours for only pennies a glass. Remember, because of uniformly fine quality at reasonable cost, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant. As Roma Wines bring you a remarkable tale of suspense. And with the dealings of Mr. Markham, and with the performances of Mr. Henry Daniel in the title role, and of Joan Loring as Judith, and Gavin Gordon as Ronald, Roma Wines hope indeed to keep you in suspense. This is the story of a man who commits murder and gets away with it. Does the idea shock you? Do you believe that justice must always be done? But let's be honest with ourselves. You and I needn't be cynics to know that justice is very seldom done. Innocence flinches. Guilt is childlike and bland. Innocence is imposed upon. Guilt encompasses all things, even a successful murder. And I know this because I was the murderer. Because I was the murderer, you say? Oh, no. Inquired at Scotland Yard. I was the victim. In Bond Street, not far from Piccadilly, there used to be an establishment which in a less fashionable part of town would have been called a shop. 
On the windows, in letters as discreet as a visiting card, were the words, Charles Markham, antique dealer. Such a delightful fellow, Markham. <laughs> Such a character. Thirty years ago, yes, as long as that, this antique shop was a dingy place, despite deep carpets and crystal chandeliers. It rustled with the ticking of a hundred clocks. It was shadowed by damascened armor and the loom of tall tapestries. And late one summer night, when the shutters were long closed on those windows, a four-wheeler drew up before that door on the gaslit street. That's all, Cabby. You needn't wait. Very good, Miss. Good night. Good night. Come on. Get along, Horsey. He must be there. He must be. I won't go back to that place. I'll kill myself first. I say, old man, look here. Oh, I beg your pardon. And I beg yours. I'm not the person you were expecting, am I? No, madam. As a matter of fact, I was expecting a police officer. A police officer? Uh, merely an old friend who often drops in for a talk and a drink. Oh. You are Mr. Markham, aren't you? Yes, my name is Markham. Can I be of any service to you? I want to come in. I want to buy a present for somebody. Oh, really, madam? Nearly one o'clock, surely tomorrow. Oh, that'll be too late. This is a special occasion. It's a... It's a birthday present. That's it, a birthday present, and I've got to deliver it at breakfast. And Sir George Lytell says that this is the only place in London to buy antiques. Sir George flatters me. One moment while I put some lights on. Oh, no, please. That one little light will be enough. But you won't be able to see anything. That doesn't matter. I'll trust your judgment. Just as you like. This way, madam. What's that? That noise. You mean the clocks, madam? There are more than a hundred clocks in this room. I'm very fond of them. Might I interest you, perhaps, in a clock? No. I hate them. All the same, this grandfather clock might amuse you. What about it? Observe the signature. Your Hanny Carver, Blondini. Fated A.D. 1762. You could see better, madam, if you raised that veil. I'll keep my veil down, thank you. Just as you please. But look at the clock. I open the glass face like this. I push the minute hand forward like this. Only the clock, madam, nothing more. The clock spoke? Clever, isn't it? A device of old John Carver. Anticipating Mr. Edison's gramophone by more than a hundred years. But you don't like clocks? No. May I ask whether the present is for a lady or a gentleman? It's for a man. Has he some knowledge of antiques? No. Yes, I mean... Furniture, perhaps? Porcelain? Bronzes? Tapestries? Weapons? He might be very much interested in weapons, yes. Then I imagine his name is Mr. Ronald Gilbert. Will you tell me, Miss Ray, why you really came here tonight? So you know who I am? Naturally. You're Miss Judith Ray. Why did you come here? I wanted to see what sort of a man you actually were. And have you found out? No. But I won't go back to prison. I won't. As you will. But since this is to be a business conference, Miss Ray, and I imagine it is... Yes. Then suppose we go into my office here at the back of the shop. Will you precede me? Thank you. You must excuse the dust covers I put on the chairs here. I'm leaving for a holiday tomorrow and the shop will be closed. When I return next week, Miss Ray, I shall expect the amount requested. 
In cash, of course. But I can't raise 2,000 pounds. You ought to know that. Your fiancé could raise the money, I imagine. Ron. Do you think I'd know Ron? Let not Ron know where I've been and what I've been? It's better than having his father learn it shortly. Sit down, Miss Ray. I'd rather stand. Thank you. Now, that's a very foolish gesture. But the ladies will do it. They think it gives them dignity and shows their disdain of the poor blackmailer. You see, I've no bones about it. I am a blackmailer. You seem rather proud of yourself. Why not? I'm the one person in England, perhaps in the world, who has made it a large-scale business. Congratulations. What is all life but blackmail? The child says, if you don't give me what I want, I'll scream. The grown woman says, if you go on behaving like this, I'll leave you. Your sex, Miss Ray, are blackmailers from the cradle. You know, Charles Graham? Yes? I wonder if anybody has ever hurt you very much. Hurt me? What do you mean? When you talk about the world and people in general, your face goes white under the eyes. You pick up that letter opener from the desk. Not a letter opener. Oh, please, Miss Ray. A Medici dagger. 16th century work. It isn't money that really interests you, is it? I don't understand. You hate the world. You just want to torture people as you think you've been tortured. Isn't that so? This is a very sharp dagger, Miss Ray. If I throw it down on the desk, it sticks. Like that. Isn't it so, Charles Markham? My motives, Miss Ray, aren't in question. I wonder. Whereas your motives are. Let me see. Ten years ago, in 1903, a certain girl called Betty Wilson, your real name, I believe, fell in love with a rather contemptible underworld character named Arthur Akers. No humiliation is too great for her. She worked for him, lied for him, stole I for him. I was only 18. I didn't know what I was doing. This girl, for a very shabby theft, was sentenced to three years hard labor at Holloway Prison. Five months later, she escapes from prison and disappears. All these years afterwards, she appears in the West End as Miss Judith Ray, fashionable milliner. Haven't I made up for it? Haven't I? No. For one mistake after ten years? That's the way of the world, my dear. I didn't create it. And I'm forgetting the best part of the comedy. This paragon of virtue next falls in love with Mr. Ronald Gilbert, son of Major General Sir Edmund Gilbert, such a respectable family, too. Stop it, please. Then shall we say 2,000 pounds? Suppose I did raise the money. I don't know how, but suppose I did raise it. Well? What guarantee would I have that you wouldn't ask for still more money? I probably shall ask for more money, Miss Ray. That's my privilege as a blackmailer. Then I'm never going to be free of you. Is that it? Frankly, that's it. Unless I kill you, of course. What if I did kill you? People have threatened death before, but they haven't meant it. Maybe I mean it. Well, easily test you out. There's a sharp knife sticking in the desk in front of you. I'm going to get up and deliberately turn my back on you. Like this. Be careful, Charles Markham. As a student of human nature, I'm curious. How much will you risk to keep this secret? Have you the courage to kill and risk hanging? Yes, I think I have. What was that? Aren't you glad you held back at the last moment, Miss Ray? I said, what was that? That night, there was the front door bell. Probably my friend Inspector Ross from Wigmore Street Police Station. Come in, old man. Make yourself comfortable. I'll be with you in a moment. You wanted me to try to kill you, didn't you? No. I was merely curious. And in any case, Miss Ray, it would be useless to kill me. Useless? Why? Because I shouldn't die. Don't talk rot. It's quite true. A man in my position must take certain precautions. If you killed me, I should be back to haunt you within half an hour. And I don't happen to be joking. Guy in. Look here, Markham. Ronnie. Good Lord. 
Ron. Ronald Gilbert, as I live. What are you doing here? He hasn't got anything against you, has he? Speak up, Mr. Gilbert, have I? The fact is, Judith, I... Look at him, Miss Ray. See how he changes color and twists his mustache. And altogether resembles a boy caught at the jam cupboard. The perfect picture of a gentleman being a gentleman. Look here, Markham. I'm not very clever. You can always make a fool of me when you start talking, so... Let's stop talking. I brought the money. What money? My fee for keeping quiet about you. So you went to Ron, too? You told him about it? Naturally. If possible, always sell your wares in two markets. How much money? Never mind, Judith. I hoped I could do this without your knowing. How much money, Ron? Three thousand. It's all I could raise. Has he told you who I am and what I've been? Look here, Judith. Who the devil cares who you are, what you've been? I happen to be in love with you. I... Oh, never mind. Let's get out of here. Ron, it's no good. He'll only come back for more money. I know that. But what else can we do? Nothing, I'm afraid. Where? That knife doing the Stand in the desk. Nothing dangerous, I assure you. No. Only a curio. It is sharp, of course. Miss Ray was much interested in the dagger. May I have that envelope of the money, please? There you are. Take it. Thank you. As I explained to Miss Ray, I'm leaving tomorrow for a holiday. Hence the general disarray and dust covers on the chairs. I'm glad we could settle this affair, as you'd say, like gentlemen. This is your job, I suppose, Markham. You can't help being what you are. But never again as long as you live. Well, never even say that word, gentlemen. He can't go wrong. Look at his face. Tell me, Mr. Gilbert, how much money is in this envelope? You heard what I said. Three thousand pounds. Then take it back, my friend. I find we can't strike a bargain after all. What do you mean? Just... What I say. Here's your money. You will now oblige me, both you and Miss Ray, by leaving my shop. What do you mean? What are you going to do? Tomorrow morning, perhaps even tonight, I shall get in touch with the police. I shall tell them where they can find Letty Wilson, alias Judith Ray. You can't do that, Mark. Oh, yes, he can. You're him where it hurts. Three thousand pounds, my friend, is not enough compensation for the way you talk. There's the way through the shop. Shall I escort you to the front door? No. You prefer to stay here and make a fool of yourself? You're not going to tell the police, Markham. I promise you that. Now you're going to stop me. With this. Ron, put that gun away. Judith, I... I felt a bit of a fool, you know, bringing this revolver along here. Now I've got to... I've got a use for it. Oh, yes, I've got a use for it. Maybe the best thing would be for me to go into the street and call the policeman. You'll never get to the street, Markham. Get back in here. Uh, both of you, it appears, came here under false pretenses. You said you wanted to pay me some money. The money's still there, but you've lost your chance to get it. And our dear Judith said she wanted to buy a present for you. I showed her this grandfather clock here, this talking clock. Don't go a step beyond that clock, Markham. I warn you. Wouldn't dare. Wouldn't I? No. And I'll call your bluff. One step, two steps. Run! I know your whole silly tribe. You wouldn't risk... You wouldn't... What's happening to me? Don't try to grab at the clock, Markham. It won't save you. You wouldn't risk your life. You wouldn't risk your family position. You wouldn't... I had to do it, Judith. Don't you see? I had to do it. You're right. Run. Steady. 
We'll find a way out. Maybe he's not dead, Ron. Go and look at him. He, he's dead, all right. Please, Ron, go and look at him. Well? Shot through the heart. Well, it went clean through him and smashed the face of the grandfather clock. That's all I can see in this dim light. This isn't happening to us. It can't be happening. That's thing. I'm scared. You're not going to give yourself up. Have this whole thing made public? No fear. Wait a minute. There may be a way out. What way? He said he was going for a holiday. It means his absence won't be noticed. Shop will be closed. Nobody will come here for days, and certainly nobody will come here tonight and... Police officer. I forgot the police officer. What police officer? A friend of Markham's inspected somebody from Wigmore Street. He was expected here tonight. Then we're finished. Ron, could you pick up Markham and carry him? Yes, sir. I could manage that. I... Why? There must be a back way out of this shop. Probably in the office. Hurry, Ron. Why? I don't like to touch you. Hurry, Ron, please. This heavy as a sack of meal. I know. Everything here seems to have eyes and to move a little in the shadow. Did you see the expression in Markham's eyes just before you... No. I didn't notice. He seemed to be looking behind us or beyond us. I, I don't know how to describe it. And he said something to it that scared me. He said he couldn't die. He said that if you were... Close to... the door, quick. The back door. Where? Oh, there it is. It's locked. It's locked. Isn't there a key? No. Maybe in his pocket. There isn't time, Ron. I think I heard the front door open. The police. I've got it. Just cover us. What? Those white clothes that fit over the chairs. Look at them. What on earth are you talking about? That's the game we played when we were kids. Somebody sits in a big chair. You fit the dust cover over him. And nobody can tell he's sitting there. Don't you see, Judith? That's how we can hide Markham's body. It might work. If there's time, so... There's got to be time. Take the cover off that big wing chair. All right. Maybe there's a chance. I'll fit him into it. There. There. Now, put the cover back again. Pull it down around the feet. Don't let it touch his chest. Blood will show through. There. That's got it. You can't see anything now, can you? No, but... Gone. Well? What did you do with the gun? Gun. The revolver, the gun you shot Markham with. I... I put it down on the floor when I picked up his body. Out in that other room? Yes. Yes, I'm afraid so. Oh. It's too late now. The police are here. What are we going to say? I... I don't know. Just your wits and try to brazen it out. Yes? Come in. <laughs> Good evening, Miss Ray. Good evening, Mr. Gilbert. Charles Markham. Claude Charles Markham. Correct, Miss Ray. But why should that surprise you? Why do you look as though you were seeing a ghost? Because we are seeing a ghost. If you're Charles Markham, whose body is it? Judith. Careful. Body, Miss Ray. Did you say body? Miss Ray is upset. She, she doesn't know what she's talking about. If you killed me, I should be back to haunt you within half an hour. That's what you said. <laughs> My dear young people, you're very welcome. But the situation is surely a little odd. 
I come in here and find you two looking as guilty as a pair of murderers in my well, private office in the middle of the night. There's nothing odd about it. I wanted to buy Judith something. At one o'clock in the morning? Yes, why not? May I ask how you managed to get in? The front door was open. We just walked in. And you say there's nobody else here? There's nobody here, Mr. Martin. Not a living soul. Then you didn't by any chance meet my brother? Your brother? Brother? Yes, my brother, Robert. You couldn't have mistaken him if you had seen him. He looks so much like me that few people can tell us apart. And that's it. Poor Robert often deputizes for me. He's learned to act like me, think like me, talk like me. But he doesn't like the work much. Of course, you know what my work really is. Your brother? Yes. My brother Robert is an idealist. He thinks, poor fellow, that my profession is beneath contempt. He acts the part and acts well because I pay him. And I find it useful to have a double who will run risks for me. What have you done with his body? We haven't done anything with him. My friend, if you've killed Robert, you've committed a totally useless murder. You don't see him here, do you? No. But I see his handiwork. Meaning what? I've warned him many times about throwing a knife down on a polished desktop. These scratches on the desk are fresh scratches. Oh. Of course, if you give me your word of honor, he's not here. Of course he's not here. <laughs> well, in that case, all we can do is sit down and make ourselves comfortable. Will you sit there, Mr. Gilbert? And you, Miss Ray, how about the wing chair by the window? I... What's wrong, Miss Ray? Why don't you sit down? Because I prefer to stand, thank you. Then perhaps you won't mind if I sit in the wing chair. It's a very comfortable one. My brother always Don't has... sit down there. No. No, don't sit down there. So that's it. Yes, that's it. What's the use of going on with this? I killed him. You admit that? Yes, I admit it. But Judith has nothing to do with this. I swear she hadn't. My telephone, you notice, is against the wall. I shall have to turn my back to you when I ring. Ring where? Wigmore Street Police Station. Give him a chance. Please give him a chance. Hello? Operator. I want Regent 0586. I won't let them take you, Ron. I won't. No good, Judith. I killed a man. I meant to kill him. That's all there is to it. A very sensible attitude, my friend. If the lady has any idea of flying at me with that knife, just notice what I've got here. A thirty-two revolver, one chamber fired, picked up off the floor in that other room where... Oh, um, hello? We want to see police station? For the last time, Mr. Markham, won't you give him a chance? Be quiet, Miss Ray. May I speak to Inspector Ross? Please, Mr. Markham. Hello, Inspector. Charles Markham here. I understand we're going to drop in and see me tonight. Oh, I see. Well, naturally, business before pleasure. As a matter of fact, I rang you up to make sure you wouldn't come here tonight. I've got a lot of work to do, and I'm leaving for Eastbourne early tomorrow morning. Let's make it some other time, shall we? <laughs> no, Inspector. It's as quiet as the grave hereabouts. I've never known a more peaceful night. Goodbye. Why did you do that? Please don't excite yourself, Miss Ray. Didn't you hear what I told the inspector? Yes. Is this some more trickery? Trickery? How can it be? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. I should call it generous when I let my poor brother's death go unavenged. You're not doing this without a reason. Naturally not. Has it occurred to you, either of you, that I might not want my business dealings revealed in court? What are you driving at? Has it also occurred to you that a man's double, who looks exactly like him and shares all his secrets, 
may become a danger rather than an asset. He knows too much. He wants too much. And so... Well, I think I understand. You're glad he's dead, aren't you? Not glad, my dear. You shock my brotherly feelings. But definitely relieved. Look here, you can't get away with this. Get away with it, sir. Come now. Aren't you forgetting that you're the murderer? Then what are you going to do? It's very simple. We three in an unholy partnership will dispose of Robert's body. Or would you rather hang? He's got us, Rob. There's no other way. But how can we dispose of the body? Oh, this seems worse than killing him. Oh, it's a filthy, cold-blooded practical necessity. As for disposing of the body, nothing is easier. We shall simply gather the necessary materials... And so, as I said before, this is the story of a man who commits murder and gets away with it. Ronald Gilbert looks back across the years and is still firmly convinced of his own guilt. But of course, Gilbert never shot anybody. I was the man who committed the murder. Don't you remember? The bullet that killed my brother is supposed to have passed through his body and smashed the face of the grandfather clock. But that's an impossibility. The face of a grandfather clock is much higher than the heart of a man. You see, two shots were fired at the very same instant. Gilbert missed and smashed the clock face. I fired from the door of the office and did not miss. That is why my brother looked past those two. I went out by the door, at the back, locked it, and reappeared at the front afterwards. It was not Robert Markham who died. I am Robert Markham. It was Charles who died that night. And I killed him to stop forever the wholesale blackmail that was poisoning the lives and blasting the hearts of a thousand half-crazed people. His records I destroyed, his correspondence I burnt. He's dead and gone. I have assumed his name and his identity ever since. <laughs> yes, I committed a murder. And yet, if you sat on the jury, dare you say that you would condemn me? Oh, come now. Would you? So closes the dealings of Mr. Markham, in which Roma Wines have brought you Henry Daniel as star, with Joan Loring as Judith, and Gavin Gordon as Ronald, in tonight's study in Suspense. Suspense is produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Before Mr. Daniel returns to the microphone, this is Truman Bradley with a word for Roma Wines, the sponsor of Suspense. America's famed authority on hospitality, Elsa Maxwell recently made this suggestion for gracious entertaining. Your friends will compliment your good taste when you serve delightful Roma California Toque with coffee or dessert, with nuts and fruit, 
Enjoyable at any time. Served cool. A most timely suggestion for Miss Maxwell. You'll find Flame Bright Roma Tokay Velvety Smooth. Moderately sweet, light, yet delightfully rich. And you'll find Roma wines always delicious, of unvarying fine quality and goodness. And the next time you use vermouth, choose Roma Vermouth. Zestful, full-flavored Roma Vermouth is blended, developed, with all the traditional winemaking skill of Roma wineries. It's made and bottled in the heart of California's famous vineyards, yet surprisingly low-priced. Try Roma Vermouth soon, won't you? This is Henry Daniel. For a long time, I've looked forward to making an appearance on suspense, and I hope that I shall be invited for a return engagement. Now, here's something important. Every dollar invested now in the seventh war loan, which ends this Saturday, is a fighting dollar that paves the way to victory over Japan and is an invested dollar stored for your future security. Buy an extra war bond or two by Saturday and do your share in bringing the seventh war loan to a successful close. Henry Daniel is currently being seen in RKO's production, The Body Snatcher. Joan Loring is currently being seen in the Warner Brothers production, The Corn is Green, and will be starred on Suspense at a later date. Next Thursday, you will hear Mr. George Kouloris as star of Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.